the Shiesty Show back with another episode. This is episode 23. I'm your host, Matt. This is the Shiesty Show where we talk about music, entertainment, sports, whatever we can think of, and uh, great topics here on the Shiesty Show. Everything and anything we talk about here. So glad you could be back with me for another episode, episode 23. We're trying to keep pushing these things out, man. Push them out, push them out. Um, get a little better at it. So. You keep keep moving, man. Keep them feet moving, boys. Um, so first thing I want to get into is where it is. There is a rematch going. The rematch is going to happen for uh, Ter- Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence Jr. Um, I did think that Earl was going to use his rematch clause in his contract. That's what they both had in their contract. Whoever lost had the right to rematch. So I did see Earl doing this, but not so soon. But uh, I think that's going to be right away. I think also the weight's going to go from 147 to 154. Um, Does it make that much of a difference? I think Earl probably really starved himself to get down to that 147. He's a a big welterweight. So I just don't think it's uh, possible for him or Terrence to really try to still make that weight. 154, I think it's good for both guys. They probably walk around heavier than that anyways when they're out in the streets. And street clothes, but just because they're in street clothes, don't test them. They break your nose. Trust me. That's how it goes here on the Shiesty Show. But definitely think that Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence is worthy of a rematch, even though the way Spence lost that that fight was, uh, in all reality, just call it what it is. It was an old classic beatdown, which I had Terrence winning with the range and, uh, you know, lining them up and picking his spots. And toward the end, he was actually more of the powerful guy. I think a lot of people thought Spence would be the more powerful guy because he's bigger, uh, height, height and everything. And I actually also thought that too, that Spence was going to be the bigger puncher, not necessarily the more accurate puncher. Um, but you know what? Crawford came out, did what he was supposed to do. So I'm excited for the rematch. Uh, I have no issue with this. I just think if I'm Spence, I need to take as much time as I need because that rematch clause, I'm pretty sure, has an expiration date. But I don't think it's three months, four months down the line. I think they give it a year expiration date. So he has some time to really recover, get himself together, get down to that 154, which I think it would be a lot easier for him to do at this point in his career. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready to see that rematch. I think that's a good fight. Another fight coming up that we have in boxing. Excuse me. We got the great Canelo Alvarez, the Mexican warrior, going against Jamal Charlo, not Jamar Charlo. Jamal, I mean. It's Jamal. I actually thought it was going to be the older brother, too, but I think he has things going on, so he passed the fight on to his younger brother. And, um... He's coming up two weight classes. Got to condemn them for that. That's not an easy thing to do. Only a few people have been able to move up weight classes and, and capture titles. Roy Jones, Crawford, uh, Spence, the, you know, there's uh, Broner. These guys went up weights and took belts. So um, it is possible, but it is a tough thing to do. Um, and not only that, Jamal, Char- Jamal Charlo is not going in there with your no-name guy that has a belt because in boxing now they just give out belts like it's candy uh and and really you know oversaturate the market with with the belts you know there should just be one champion for every division 
and that's who you should have to go through. I think that's kind of the problem with boxing right now. Too much, too much politicking and uh, not enough action behind it. So we got all these guys with belts. I didn't even know when Benavides was fighting, when Benavides was fighting uh, Plant, that he had belts as well. Um, you know, so it's just, you know, a lot of rubbish out in that boxing world. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a good fight. Do I see Jamel Charlo winning? I do not. I just don't think he has enough in the arsenal just yet to take someone out like Canelo because you got to think. Jermail is coming up two weight classes. He he is a big guy himself, 5'11", I believe, and probably walks around at 185. But you got to think this guy fights normally smaller guys at 154, and he's coming up to 168. You know, Canelo's been hit by Bovo. He's been hit by Triple G. He's been hit by... You know, guys that spar heavyweights or even heavyweights themselves. So I just don't see Jermel Charlos on his, on his first you know fight down in the at the 168 that he's gonna really carry that power like he should, and it should be fairly easy for Canelo. Uh, but I, I I do see Charlo giving him a uh, you know a scrap if he decides just to go balls to the walls and and let it fly. But in all, honest, in all honesty, that's exactly what Canelo wants you to do. He's a great power puncher, or not of late, but he is known to be a great power puncher. But uh, we'll see how that one plays out. That's another fight coming up September 30th. Mark that on your calendars. We got that one September 30th coming up in the boxing world. Now let's get to some football news. First thing I've been, I've been wanting to talk about is this Deion Sanders news, man. I was praising Deion. I really like what he did at Jackson State. You know, he really went there and made a statement and um, turned the football franchise around. Uh, really, really, uh, how they say, really put words and action behind his words. Walk the walk, talk the talk, I believe they say. Uh, and he, he really did that for that program, uh, turned them around, made them championship contenders there with his, you know, first two years there, I believe. I think he was either two or three years there. Really turned that program around. Really got him a lot of stuff. I just think in the end, what happened there, he was down with HBCUs, but saw how the school and people that might have said they were down to donate to the cause really didn't donate like they should because before he left, he did say, you know, a lot of people talking and they don't really do nothing um, were his words. And I think that was a sh kind of a shot to maybe celebrities that talk about changing the game and being black-owned businesses, black-owned everything. Uh, but when it comes time to putting your money where your mouth is, I think a lot of those people uh, shy away from the challenge. And I think that's what Dion was referring to. Um, I could be wrong, but that's kind of what it felt like when he left there. I think when he first got there, he was really in it for the long haul, and he saw how the politics and the system really works at the collegiate level and decided it's better uh, <clears throat> better to take a better uh, better route, better option, better team, better money, better resources. At the end of the day, that's what it is. And uh, it's, it's, it's a tiptoe to line, man, on how, how deep you're willing to get. And um, just didn't turn out what Jackson State wanted. But you know what? Congrats to Dion, man. He's he's out there doing his thing. He got Colorado its first win against TCU. 
a number 17 ranked team, was in the national championship game last year. Uh, so, you know, the runner-up and for them to come out and, and win the game and his son, uh, Shadir, Shadir Sanders, Shakur Sanders, I believe I'm butchering the name, man. My bad if I'm saying that wrong. But let's just call him prime time son. He had two of them out there. One playing defense, had 10 tackles. His uh, other son, that is quarterback of the Colorado Bills, you know, he went out there, threw for 510 yards and four touchdowns on the day. Had a great day out there. Looked spectacular. Looked sensational. The, the, word, <laughs> the words of future look sensational. Uh, but, uh, you know, shout out to Dion. What I will say, though, is don't don't sleep on TCU. They came out and scored 42 points. The end of the game was 42 to 45, I believe. So it's not like it's not like Dion's team completely shut him out. It was a shootout of a game. His son showed up as quarterback. I think a lot of people were doubting him coming from Jackson State. Like I said, not the competition level, not the resources, not the big names and not the TV time, what you call prime time. Uh there at Jackson State, but you know what? He came, he performed, he showcased his talents and shows that he's the real deal for game one. Let's not get too amped up here. This was only one game, but, you know, he definitely went out there and showed he had some talent, man. Uh, congratulations to Deion Sanders and his family. I know that's a great win over there, and uh, I'm going to be keeping my eye. I'm not the biggest college fan. I, like I've said here on this podcast before, I'm not the biggest college uh, football fan, but I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Dion and his sons and what they're doing over there. Travis Hunter, they got the D on them for dog. Um, man playing both ways. I haven't seen that since Pop Warner football uh, when you had to wear the white socks because you played both sides of the ball. You know, so um, that's that's what's up, man. He He's out there doing the old school thing, showing out on, on offense, showing out on defense. Like, you know, kind of throw it back like Prime, throw it back like Charles Woodson, some of those guys that play both positions. Um, and, and it's great to see, man. So shout out to Colorado. I'll be keeping an eye on them, boys. And we got good old-fashioned NFL football coming up this Thursday. We got the Lions and the Chiefs game, prime time. Everybody's going to be watching that. My thoughts and predictions here. I think the Lions are going to be tough, man. I think Jared Goff is tough. I heard uh, Chris Johnson is still holding out for uh, Kansas City, their D-tackle, their star D-tackle. Um, so he's out pretty much, I believe, for this game. Unless they work some miracle and he flies in in the next uh, few hours. But other than that, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, both teams are going to challenge each other. I don't think the Lions are a walkover team like they used to be in past seasons. Um, you know, they are the only team to go 0-16, but I do I do think that they're turning it around here with Jared Goff. He's definitely, after his first year, he went to Detroit. He didn't really play too well, but you know what? These last couple seasons, he's really turned it on, man, especially at the end of last season when them guys started 0-6, I believe, and ended up winning the last 8 of 10 games. So, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're up there, man. They're going to be sharp. They're going to look nice. They got everything they need um, to compete. Uh, Jared Goff playing well. I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I think KC ends up pulling it out in the end, but I'm going to say 24-28 Kansas City. Uh, you know, they got Patty Mahomes. He's in my he's my fantasy quarterback, so you know I want him to have a big day, even though he's in my division and I hate him. Uh, I can't hate him too much because he's giving me points and I need that money. 
So we're going to rock with Patty Mahomes. And, um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Don't get me wrong. I do believe the Dolphins, uh, my bad, the Lions will be in it to the very end. But it's going to be a high-scoring game. I say 24-28, even 31-28, uh, somewhere around that range. And um, Kansas City is going to pull that one out, I believe. Uh, next, we got the Raiders home opener against Denver. Another great game. This is Sunday afternoon game, 1 o'clock. You know that my eyes are going to be glued to the TV for this one. See how this offense comes together again. Josh Jacobs signing his contract to come back. You know, that's big time for the Raiders. Uh, have the best running back, have the best receiver. I really have a sleeper out there, Michael Mayer, tight end for the Raiders. I really think that guy's going to ball out and show out uh, with Darren Waller leaving the team. It's his time to shine, and I think Jimmy G is really going to look to that tight end position. So I, I, he's my sleeper pick to have a big year. Drafted him as well. Um, he's my sleeper pick here. I'm saying it now. I think he's going to have a big season. Uh, high, Highly recruited out of Notre Dame. Big tight end. So we got him on the plate. I think he'll show up. So uh, to me, I think Raiders are going to still sweep the division. Uh, they swept the Broncos last year. Nothing new here. I think we'll do it again. Uh, de definitely Broncos always have a solid defense. They got a lot of injuries. I don't want to, you know, gloss over that. Broncos have a lot of injuries right now. Uh, they're coming into the season limping. Uh, they do have Sean Payton, Super Bowl head coach. So I do believe he'll be able to carry the weight until they get some of those guys back. I don't think Jerry Judy will be out too much. Heard it was something about a hamstring injury. Um, so I, I think it's going to overall be a good game. I got the Raiders winning that one. I'm going to say 24-17. Uh, Raiders pull that one out um, and have a big day on opening day, man. Can't wait for some football. So excited. Whether it's my team or not, just love to watch football. Definitely be watching that Thursday night game. You know, once football season comes, Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, um, don't talk to me. I'm here to watch football. That's it. That's what we do for the next four or five months. Uh, we could talk about it on Saturday, Friday. Don't bother me Sunday. Um, next and last, next thing on the list and the last thing I got here on my list is Shannon Sharp joining Stephen A. Smith. Man, what a great pair. I think this is going to be good for both guys. I kind of thought Stephen uh, A.'s show was getting a little stale when he had Max. Uh, had different guys coming on, try to compete with him. He didn't really have that anchor to hold it down like he did with Skip. Max also held it up for a while, but toward the end there, too, that, that, that chemistry just wasn't working anymore. As you can kind of tell, the show got a little stale. Um, so I know Stephen A's been looking for an anchor. Uh, I know Shannon, with all he was going through with Skip and um, the personal jabs that Skip was throwing at him toward the last six months he was on that show of Undisputed. Um, I think this is a great matchup. Uh, it, was, it was good to see, even though he called him Skip a couple times. Uh, it's going to take a little while for him to get used to, but I think this is a great combination. Both very uh, opinionated, both very loud, very, very, very demonstrative in their uh, explanation of their point of views and, you know, bring it when it's time to shine and, and like to shine time, prime time, you know, is blasphemy. You know, Shannon likes to throw his LeBron is the GOAT, so I think they'll go back on fourth, you know, with a lot of those things, and uh, can't wait to watch, man. I think it'll be very entertaining. I think it's good for both guys. I think that's going to be a great show, even though I think Skip is, I mean, <laughs> Skip, Skip, uh, even though I think Shannon's only doing it twice a week, 
uh, and they will have other people on as well. Um, I think that twice a week is going to be, be extended. I think they want to kind of test it out, see how it goes. Uh, but I, I overall, great show, great personalities. One very knowledgeable because he was in the game and one very knowledgeable because he's been studying the game for many years. So it should be a great show, man. And um, go watch. Definitely keep my eyes tuned. But this has been another episode of the Shiesty Show. I'm your host, Matt, where we talk about everything and anything. And we out. Yo.